0: everyone, and welcome back to The Watchdog's Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 19. Starting on episode 20, I'm going to start doing two podcasts a week, one that will be released on Mondays and one that will be released on Thursday. I asked in the last podcast if people wanted me to do an hour-long podcast once a week or two 30-minute podcasts once a week, and two 30-minute won the vote. More people thought that my little 30 minutes uh, is best for like commutes to and from work and on subways and different things like that. So I am going to do two podcasts a week starting next week. So episode 20 will be the beginning of two podcasts a week. So hey, thanks so much for uh, listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. I couldn't do this without you guys listening. And I hope you'll spread the word because I want this audience to grow and I want to create a place where we can all have an open communication. And that's why in every single podcast, at least once, I give you my email address. You can write me personally. And I promise you, it comes to my personal email address. And that is drew at the Bark. Com. All right. There are a few things I'm going to tell you about the Biden family business and the Biden family in this podcast. But I have to tell you, more things are coming out all the time. So instead of me going, OK, this is uh, the Biden family business, uh, part five, uh, part six, uh, part seven. no, I'm just going to start adding stuff to regular podcasts and say, hey, here's something new I discovered about the Biden family business. So that's basically what I'm going to do. All right, so now we know Hunter Biden is suing the computer repair shop owner for releasing his personal information to the FBI and the public. But he still won't admit whether or not the laptop is actually his. So, how does that make any sense? (laughs) If you're going to sue someone for the illegal or improper distribution of your personal property, don't you have to kind of admit it's your property? Just something to think about there. Then, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, has learned that another Biden family member is on the dole from China. Hallie Biden is the third name. To get part of the $3 million from an energy company in China. Hallie Biden is the widow of Bo Biden, Hunter's brother that died of cancer. And Hunter moved right in on that after his brother died shortly after, slept with Hallie and had, an, had a relationship with her. So she is also receiving money. You see, this energy company sent money to Rob Walker, who's an associate of Hunter Biden's. And he distributed this money out in small increments, usually about twenty-five dollars to $35,000 to multiple Biden family members. And now we know Holly Biden is another one. Oh, and you remember I told you about the UPenn Biden Center? that the building that was in the middle of Washington, D.C., that Biden agreed to put his name on. And then after he attached his name to the building, University of Pennsylvania received $50 million in Chinese donations. Well, the former president of UPenn, Amy Gutman, or Gutman, I don't know how to pronounce it, received an ambassadorship to Germany from Joe Biden in 2022. Unlike having any kind of connection with Trump, it's good to be connected with the Bidens. And do you want to know how really, truly sick and immoral this family is? Not only Hunter Biden sleeping with Beau's widow shortly after Beau died, but Joe Biden showered with his daughter Ashley when she was a teenager. In her personal diary, from when she was a teenager, she writes, and I quote, I'm so afraid of him coming in the shower with me that I've waited until late at night to take a shower. Yeah, Joe is such a great, upstanding, nice, congenial old grandpa. He's nothing even close to that, my friends. I have, I have never uncovered this much corruption in a politician since the Clintons. And once again, we have absolute proof of Joe Biden lying straight to a reporter's face. You remember the story about Joe Biden's epiphany in high school when he saw a gay couple kiss and he turned to his dad? And well, actually, let me let you listen to it from his own mouth.
1: I remember exactly where my uh, epiphany was okay i hadn't thought much about it to tell uh-huh. you the truth and i was a i was a senior in high school and my dad was dropping me off i remember about to get out of the car and i looked to my right and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other i mean they gave each other a kiss and then one went looked like he was heading to the DePomp building and one looked like he headed to the hercules corporation building and i'll never forget i turned and looked to my dad he said joey it's simple they love each
0: other Aw, doesn't that sound like a sweet story? I mean, gosh, all the way in high school. Now, he was a senior in about 1961, I believe, and so he had his epiphany. And so he's been supportive of gay marriage ever since 1961, right? Wrong Here's Joe Biden in 2006.
1: You know, think about this. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman.
0: Huh. So... It doesn't sound to me like Joe Biden had that epiphany in high school because in 2006 he supported the Defense of Marriage Act as between a man and a woman. And he argued that it's law, that why are we having this discussion? Marriage is between a man and a woman, right? The problem here is Joe Biden lies habitually. He's actually lied so often and trained his brain to automatically lie when asked a question or confronted because that's what he's used to. He's used to lying about everything. And I promise you, he lies about things you can prove wrong right in front of him. It doesn't matter. Like someone could have turned their phone and played that clip from 2006 and said, well, what about this? How come you defended the Defense of Marriage Act in 2006 if you supported gay marriage and had that epiphany back in 1961 when you were a senior in high school? Also, I did some research, or actually I didn't do the research. I went and researched someone who had done the research. I'll make that clear. Uh, Someone found out that When Joe Biden was talking about those two well-dressed gentlemen kissing each other and then one going into the DuPont building and one going into that other building. Well, (laughs) funny thing, the DuPont building was seven and a half miles away from Joe Biden's high school. So he said it looks like one was going into the direction of the DuPont building and one was going into the... Well, okay, so... Basically, what you're saying is these two well-dressed gentlemen met at your high school, kissed, got back in their cars, and then drove to the DuPont building and the other building that he was talking about. Right? Just so you could see that and have your epiphany and support gay marriage since you were a senior in high school. Okay, So let's let's just say we give that one to you, Joe, that you made a mistake. But what about this time in 2008 on the debate stage for vice president against Sarah Palin?
1: Do you support gay marriage? No. Barack Obama nor I support redefining from a from a civil side what constitutes marriage.
0: We do not support that. It's interesting that he mentioned Barack Obama. Barack Obama didn't support gay marriage until he was running for re-election. Oh, and just to make this really clear to you, in the early 1970s, I think it was 71 or 73, I can't remember when it was, but Joe Biden said that he was opposed to homosexuals in the military because they posed a national security threat. So, you tell me, what does Joe really believe? Joe's like a weather vane, okay? He just goes wherever the wind's blowing. Whatever will get him the most reaction and the best votes, that is gonna be his opinion at that time. It's pathetic how horrible and immoral and unethical. This family really is. Moving on to another story. Stanford University Law has joined the ranks of Yale Law in being too woke. What do I mean by that? Well, recently, Federal Court Circuit Judge Kyle Duncan was invited to speak by the Federalist Society on the campus to law students, but was disrupted by law students shouting him down and heckling him, accusing him of bigotry, racism, and much worse because he refused to use the new pronouns of the convict who was charged with shooting and killing the people at the dance club. You remember the guy changed his gender shortly after he was convicted, probably trying to get into a woman's prison, but The judge refused to use his new pronouns because when he was talking about the crimes he committed, he was a male. He had not yet declared himself transgendered. He was male. But after he was convicted, then he declared himself transgender or non-binary. And so the judge, when talking about this incident, did not use his new pronouns, and because of that, he was called a bigot, a racist, and they screamed and yelled during his entire speech, making it nearly impossible for him to speak at all. Then the DEI dean. Yes, there is such a thing. Diversity, equity, and inclusion Dean on the Stanford University campus said this, and it sounds kind of, at about the middle of this, it sounds like she's kind of saying, hey, we should listen to this guy. You know, he he may have some things to teach us, but not really. It's really kind of a backhanded uh, way of insulting this judge further in her position of authority, listen.
1: Tearing at the fabric of this community that I care about and I'm here to support. Is the juice worth the squeeze?
0: This
1: Your advocacy, your opinions from the bench, land as absolute disenfranchisement of their rights? So, and does land. Let me get it. and it's uncomfortable to say that for many people here, your work has caused harm. In my role at this university, my job, is to create a space of belonging for all people in this institution and it doesn't feel comfortable and it doesn't always feel safe but there are always places of safety i'm also uncomfortable because it is my job to say you are invited into this space you are absolutely welcome in this space we believe that the way to address speech that feels abhorrent that feels harmful that literally denies the humanity of people, that one way to do that is with more speech and not less, and not to shut you down or censor you or censor the student group that invited you here. That is hard. That is uncomfortable. I hope you can learn too.
0: You know, in the middle there, it almost sounded like she was telling the students that we need to be respectful and listen, even though we may disagree. No, that's not what she said. She said, even though we may find your language abhorrent and hurtful, and that we actually feel real harm when listening not only to the words you say, but the actions you commit as a judge. This is asinine. Here's a few questions I want to ask the law students that were there, or maybe are attending another university and feel the same way. Do you think that this behavior would be allowed in a court of law? Do you think that you're shouting down and trying to disrupt a proceeding in a court of law would be allowed? Do you think a jury would be persuaded? by your trying to shout down either the prosecutor or the defense when making their statement if you disagreed with what they said. Lastly, do you think that the Constitution protects your right to not be offended? Remember, I've talked about this in other podcasts. In order for your right to be protected to not be offended, you have to take away someone else's right Of free speech. And I've heard a couple of people say that our opposing speech is also free speech. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. However, when you invite someone on your campus to talk about legal issues and their experience in law, especially as a respected justice, why would you invite them there just to shout them down? And what do you think? was accomplished in this. Absolutely no one came away from this experience any better or knowing any more than they did going into it. So this was a complete waste of time. This DEI Dean, Tyrion Steinbach, should be fired, period. This was so disrespectful to that judge and to the Federalist Society that invited him on the campus. Even though you may disagree with ideas, listening to them doesn't harm you. You only are offended if you choose to take offense, and you will be a very ineffective lawyer if you only listen to one side of every argument. And that's basically what you've demonstrated to me watching what happened. None of you will be effective lawyers. You'll be crybabies in courtrooms just because you got your feelings hurt because someone said something that offended you. Get over yourselves and learn how the real world works. If you you really have a strong opinion about this, feel free to write me, drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. I can tell you my opinion If you acted this way in a court of law, you would be held in contempt of court. If you continued this behavior, you would be thrown out of court. And if you continued to do it in other cases, you would lose your license to practice law. If this kind of behavior infiltrates our judicial system, it will undo Everything our founding fathers created to set this country apart from all other countries in the world and having a fair judicial system. If the courts will somehow start allowing defense attorneys to shout down prosecuting attorneys and vice versa just because they disagree with what they're saying or may find offense in what they're saying, our judicial system, and as a result, our country will be lost. At another university, Wellesley College, which is a college for women, they have opened their enrollment to non-binary and trans women. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I predict? I predict within three to five years, they will have a major incident happen on that campus. Either a campus rape or a sexual assault or something like that will happen. Because you remember what happened in California when they allowed criminals to declare themselves transgender women and they went into women's prisons? All of a sudden, female inmates started getting pregnant. Huh. That's just odd how that would happen, right? The world has gone insane. Also, when it comes to like transgender issues and, and uh, gender-changing or gender-affirming care, the left really controls language and narratives in this country. For instance, they changed the wording from gender-changing surgeries and treatments to gender-affirming care. Why did they do this? Because If they can get you to admit it's gender affirming care, then you're admitting it's already positive. It's already affirming their gender, the gender that they always wanted. Well, you know what? A recent study just found out that there is a high occurrence of gender dysphoria in autistic children. And I'm telling you right now, I am so mad when I discovered this because I now realize there are teachers, administrators, doctors taking advantage of children on the autistic spectrum who may have a disability and not understand what is happening to their bodies during puberty and not being able to fully explain how they're feeling. And what are these evil trolls doing to those children? They're telling them, oh, that's because you're probably in the wrong body. You should take puberty blockers that will prevent your body from developing fully. And you should have gender affirming surgery when you're a teenager. When you're 14 and you're a little girl, we should cut off your breasts. And when you're a teenage boy and are really confused about all these hormones hitting your body, we should cut off your penis. That will make you feel better. That will make you happier. My friends, evil is spreading. And this is one thing that makes me madder than anything is what is happening to the children. Innocent, naive children are being Quote unquote, guided by adults who should know better into lifelong changes that will most likely ruin their lives. There is a very high incidence of suicide of children that are transgendered. And whether or not you know this or not, puberty blockers prevent the full development of the human body. In body, skeletal, muscular, nerves, and mind. There's a reason why Denmark, Holland, Sweden, and Norway have banned puberty blockers. No, but not in this country. No, we, we call them gender affirming care. Give me a freaking break. Let me ask you something. And I really, honestly, would love an answer. You can just do it in your head or whatever. What is more compassionate and caring? Taking someone who has a mental disorder or who has been influenced by social media. Remember I told you in a previous podcast episode that gender dysphoria affects 0.005% of the population. Yet there are Classrooms where teachers brag that 25 to 30 percent of their children declare themselves transgender. It's because they're influenced by social media. So let's just take the 0.005 percent. What's more compassionate for someone who has a mental disorder that doesn't allow them to understand or accept the fact that they are really either male or female? They actually believe that they are the opposite sex. And just like I said with the mental disorder, body integrity, identity disorder, we wouldn't allow a person that believes that to cut off their arm or leg or finger or uh, an appendage to make themselves feel better, would we? But we'll allow a 14-year-old girl to have her breasts removed permanently. They can never be put back functioning breasts again. And we'll allow a 14, 15, 16 year old boy to cut his penis off. When someone suffers from BIID, we treat it with therapy. But if someone suffers from gender dysphoria, we enable that mental disorder and allow them to mutilate their bodies to make themselves feel better. What's more loving? What's more caring? What's more kind? Okay, <laughs> I got a little riled up there because that one's really serious to me. I, I, my heart literally breaks for what is happening to the children in this country. And our children are being used as pawns in this fight against good and evil, in my opinion. And this fight against ideologies and whether or not our country was founded on racism and the Constitution really protected slavery, and it, I don't understand what is going on. Actually, I do understand what is going on. It still pisses me off. Okay, uh, this week, Donald Trump claims he's going to be arrested in New York. I pretty much believe this is going to happen. Um, the left, it will stop at nothing to get that picture of Donald Trump in handcuffs. As a matter of fact, they've notified the police departments around the country uh, of possible riots, and they're trying to beef up security, working with Secret Service on how to do it, because Alvin Bragg intends on arresting Donald Trump for the crime of possibly, it's still not proven, possibly paying Stormy Daniels, the porn star, off for a relationship that they may or may not have had in 2006. He would have paid her in 2015 or basically hush money. Well, let's just say they did have the affair. Okay. Then in 2015, he decided to pay her to not bring it forward for the campaign. If he paid it out of his own money, that's not illegal. If he paid it out of campaign funds, it might be a misdemeanor crime, but it's nothing worthy of putting him in handcuffs and arresting him and throwing the book at him unless you're the left. You see, Alvin Bragg was one of these AGs, DAs, uh, prosecutors around the country that was financed or their their election was financed by George Soros. They're ones that will not uphold the law. As a matter of fact, Alvin Bragg has released a very long list of crimes he will no longer prosecute. So I'll bet paying off someone in your past to keep quiet about something that, of sexual in nature that may or may not have happened probably wasn't on that list. Alvin Bragg won't arrest prostitutes anymore, but he will arrest Trump for paying off a porn star which he may or may not have slept with back in 2008. And this makes sense how? Well, I can tell you it makes perfect sense. It's purely political. Donald Trump represents the biggest threat to world governance and the destruction of the Constitution and rule of law in this country. So they have to get rid of him in any way they can. All right. And as I always like to do, I want to end on a positive note. And this is a commencement speech by Steve Jobs before he passed away, ironically, at Stanford University. Now, I don't believe Stanford University is a bad school. As a matter of fact, I think it's one of the best. I'm just not happy uh, and I'm very disappointed with Stanford Law right now. And I think uh, all the law firms and stuff out there ought to really pay attention to what's going on because I would stop taking Stanford Law students. There are a lot of law firms that won't take Yale Law graduates anymore because they're too woke. I think the same thing's happening to Stanford. So take that to heart. But this is a commencement speech by Steve Jobs and talking about how he saw death.
2: My third story... Is about death. When I was 17, I read a quote that went something like, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. (laughs) It made an impression on me. And since then, for the past 33 years, I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I am about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart.
0: So remember this. Each morning when you look in the mirror, if you consider it is your very last day on earth, would you do what you're planning on doing today? If the answer is yes, do it. If the answer is no, think about that. If the answer is no, too many days in a row, perhaps it's time to change your focus and do something else. And with that, we come to the end of another podcast of The Watchdog's Bark. Until next time, create an amazing day.